0: All right, well, um, this is not probably going to be the most uh, positive of Sunday school lessons. This is a very, very difficult subject to talk about. We're gonna be talking about the fall of mankind. But let's start off, oh, let's say about five months ago, on a Saturday morning, my wife and I, Brenda, we like to go out and we run and we often take our dog with us. Her name is Maggie. She's a nice little uh, reddish-colored Labrador. And we have lakes around where we live, and we like to let Maggie off the leash when we get around the lakes because as a lab, she likes the water, and she often is jumping in the water. Well, that day, she happened to get ahead of us a little bit, and she turned around and she came running back, and she ran past Brenda, running towards me, and I don't know if dogs can show expressions or if that's normal, but I saw one on her face as she was heading towards me. And it had the look of, uh-oh, as she plowed into me and wiped me out. And down I went. No, no damage done. She got over it and I got over it and off we went, ran back home, we were good. And then later that day, Brenda and I, on our usual Saturday morning, we take our hike to go to Costco to buy things that we don't really need. (laughs) And so I like to prepare as I go in to get my wallet out and get my ID out, my Costco card. And as I'm walking along, I forgot that there's a curb there. And I plowed into the curb, and down I go on the concrete. Now, Brenda was in front of me, so she didn't hear me hit the pavement, or the concrete, but she did hear the lady behind me gasp, and she turned around and sees me climbing off the ground. So anyway, that's twice in one day. <laughs> Something's wrong, anyway. Uh, I hit the pave or I hit the ground twice in one day, so something was going on. That's my fault. A uh, little painful, yeah. Uh, embarrassing, most certainly. <laughs> But I lived to, grow up, or lived to tell about it and overcame the damage done. This subject is going to be a little bit different because now we're talking about the fall of mankind, everybody. So this is going to be the fall of man, sin, and punishment. As I said, it's a tough one to go through, but it does have a good ending, and that's the nice part about it. So the fall, there's sort of nine results that come from the fall. First, the authority of God was rejected by the serpent. When he he asked Eve, did God say you cannot eat of every tree of the garden? So he's questioning God. Is God really right? So the goodness of God is doubted, doubted by Eve. And we talk about Eve, but I also want you to understand there's somebody else there too, Adam. He was not a missing participant in what was happening. If you read Genesis 3-1 closely, you will find out that Adam was there the whole time. He just wasn't saying anything. He kind of put the responsibility on Eve. So now the goodness of God is doubted. Even the wisdom of God is being disputed and the truth of God has been distorted. And because of that, we now have total separation from God, including both the physical body as well as our spiritual souls. Shame and blame enter the world. You know, they were afraid. They realized that they were naked and they hid from God. I'm not certain how you do that, but they hid from God. So... There's also this lack of responsibility that comes into play here. And why is that? Well, first, Eve blames the situation on the serpent. She's not taking responsibility. And then Adam says, well, hey, don't blame me. She gave me the fruit. In fact, hey, God, you even gave me the woman. So maybe this is your fault. So lack of responsibility. So God tells them, well, because you've done this, we're going to add stress and toil into the world, into your lives. Toil enters the world in our work. Uh, Who has struggle in their work? Oh, don't be shy. Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Everybody struggles at work, right? Everybody has difficulties, right? We have it every single day. So now the entire human race that will follow is going to be fallen. But the upside of all this, God is going to promise a redeemer, someone who is going to come into the world that's going to save our lives, save us from ourselves. So there's another pattern that's established here. Saw, you saw the fruit. You desired the fruit. You took the fruit. And you gave the fruit. And that pattern really does exist in our society today. How many times do you see something? and you desire it, and you do take it. Depending on what it is, you might even give some of it to somebody else, but you are going to do at least the first three. So the serpent, which is actually Satan here, has convinced Eve to view the fruit differently, to question God, to desire it, to take it, and then give it to Adam. And as I put in parentheses there, Adam was a willing participant. He did not say no. He did not tell Eve to get away from the serpent. He just stood by quietly and watched the situation unfold. So, we get into the Westminster uh, confession of faith at this point. So, Adam and Eve, those are our first parents. They were subtly, or they were seduced by subtlety and the temptation of Satan. They sinned in eating the forbidden fruit. However, God was pleased to permit this sin of theirs to occur because according to his wise and holy counsel and because his purpose was through it really to glorify himself. Seems a little hard to understand. I mean, why was the fruit there in the first place? We really don't know. And what kind of a fruit was it? Everybody says apples, but I don't think that's the case. Anyway, uh, it was there and they ate it. So by this sin, they fell from their original righteousness, the state that they were brought into this world by God, and they were separated from the communion of God. And so they became dead in sin, and wholly defiled in all parts and faculties of their soul and body. And we are that way today. It's unfortunate. We didn't have a choice, but because of what happened, We all fall into the same situation. And that's our story too. So God allowed Adam and Eve to sin because he was going to work it all out for his glory. And he wants to show how merciful he is towards his people. And I think at the same time, you might even take that further and say, God also wants to show Satan how merciful he can be to his people. No matter what Satan does, God is always more merciful. So, From that time on, God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on us all. And that comes from Romans 11. And our creator planned to use Satan's subtlety to display the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. And that is in the next verse in Romans. So we we will only know the greatness of God's plan at the end of times. Why is that? We've been kicked out of the garden, and that's because Adam and Eve, they ran from God and they hid from God. Now, I'm not certain how far you can run, and I'm certain you can't really hide from God. You might hide from everyone else in the world, but you cannot hide from God, and we do it too, and it's tragic. It's foolish. Uh, We're misleading ourselves if we believe that we can get away with doing that, but our instincts are... Are twisted, right? we are twisted people, sinful. Uh, So they fell and the glory of God departed from the human race. That comes from Romans 3. And until the end of time or the end of our lives, we're only going to see the effects of sin, our own and the sin of the world's. We see that every day. Got up yesterday morning and the first thing I saw on a news flash on my phone, is that Israel was being attacked. Sin is everywhere in the world. And it's not going away anytime soon, is it? At least not until Jesus returns again. So once sin now has entered the garden, it kind of gives us a grim forecast of the misery that's going to follow. So as we're born, we enter life, we're already dead in transgressions and sins. We're already born, born to die. The clock is ticking. That comes from Ephesians 2. And death here for us, as I stated earlier, is twofold, both physical and there's a spiritual death as well. No part of who we are remains untouched by the plague of sins. It goes completely through all of us. However, the good news is, and this is where the upside comes into play here, because so far everything's kind of negative, doesn't sound very appealing, doesn't sound very positive for, for where we are in life. But the good news is Jesus came into the world to save sinners, such as us. And the other thing is, let's take a look at the three people so far that we've been talking about, Adam, Eve, and Jesus. Jesus. Adam was formed by the dust of the ground, by God, right? was not conceived. Eve was pulled, Adam's rib was pulled out of him in order to make Eve. She was also created, not conceived. So is Jesus. He was not conceived. He was given to the world by God. The rest of us, though, we've all been conceived and brought into the world through natural, through birth. So again, our first parents, they sinned by the subtlety of Satan. And because we are their offspring, we too are born into this sinful state. And the poison of disobedience and sin has really been absorbed into, I would say, into our DNA. And it goes from generation to generation. And when Adam and Eve sinned, all posterity fell with them. And Paul writes in Corinthians that death came through a man. And also in Adam all died, because that's when death entered the world. God said, because you've eaten of this fruit, you shall surely die. So the corrupt nature of sin is going to pass through every generation and through every body and everybody. Now, it's a sad story. It's a truly sad story, but it has a good ending, like I said. We have been born into a family that was feuding with God, disagreeing with God. They were disobedient. And because this is true, we are also born into sin. And this is the grim reality of what's known as original sin. However, only Jesus can save us if we believe that he died for our sins, if we believe that he came to this world to save us. Without him, if you don't believe in Jesus, You are alienated from God, and you will have a very unhappy ending. So as Paul explains in Ephesians, sin comes in many ways throughout life. You can walk in the world, be the worldly ways, uh, get caught up in everything that is going on. You can be deceived by the dictates of Satan, fall under Satan's control. You could seek out your own desires in life and not try to control those because that's the constructs of our own mind. I mean, how many t- your, your mind has to work in a way to control those desires. And if you can't control your mind, you're never going to be able to control your desires. And then you're caught up repeating the sin after sin after sin. So sin draws, continues to draw us downward, and we know where downward takes us, right? Takes us down to that bottomless pit that we know of as hell. Unless unless we can believe in God, and we can stop it, and it'll be stopped through the grace and mercy of God. That is our only hope. So, as sinners... There are many people that never awaken to the horror of their sins. They continue to repeat them. They don't believe. They continue to go follow the world, and their end is certain. There are other sinners that are awakened to the horrors of their sin, and they're going to repent, and they're going to find the grace of God, and they're going to search for their salvation through God. And these believers, they repent of their sins, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they have eternal life waiting for them at the end. That is the good news. So we can rejoice knowing there is one child of Adam that was not born by ordinary generation or ordinary uh, reproduction, Jesus. He was brought into the world for a reason. And that reason is... was to be a sacrifice, a sin sacrifice that would save us from ourselves because we can't do it. We don't have the strength, nor do we have the wisdom to know how to, how to save ourselves. So God had a plan. God is merciful. God is generous for those that believe and follow. And he provided us with his son, knowing full well what was going to happen. And knowing full well that when it occurred, he was going to redeem his people, us. So let us put our hope on the one who who was made for our salvation, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the one true individual, part of the Holy Trinity. Jesus came, he lived, taught, preached, died, and saved us. It's kind of short and sweet because <laughs> it's a difficult subject. It's, uh, it's uh, not a happy story, at least in the beginning, but it does have a happy ending, doesn't it? We all get to go to heaven. And maybe there, that's where we'll find the Garden of Eden, since it's kind of disappeared from here, hasn't it? That's our Garden of Eden. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, any questions? I should ask that. If there had not been Satan in the Garden of the Snake, in the Garden of Mm -hmm. Eden, men would still have their sinful nature? there would have been a way that they would have sinned. Possible, I don't know. Tyler, you got a... What was the question? I didn't hear it. If Satan had still not been in the garden, man still would have had a sinful nature? Um, Well, no, because man didn't have a sinful nature until once he stepped into sin. So that's the Augustinian, um, we were able to sin, but until the serpent entered, we were not... Capable. Couldn't step out of it. Okay, Larry, were you asking if were you asking if Satan would figure have figured out a way had that not happened then it would have happened later. Yeah, at some point. That's what I'm saying. Eventually. Oh, hypothetical. Yeah, Yeah. I mean that's. that's Who knows? (laughs) Otherwise, there should be uh, the the ability of man man directly to communicate with God. Yeah. What was that? Maybe it was inevitable. Yeah. Well, it's. God created everything, right? God had a plan. Part of the plan may have been you're going to sin. And He knew it. He put a tree there for a reason, He created temptation as well. And the devil knows God. You're right about that. Any other questions? Okay, must be coffee and donut time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.